Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Michael McCurdy. This is the next episode of Roast of Iowa City. Today, we're going to be talking about music. We're going to talk about music on a national level, such as what's popular right now. And in my opinion, this new wave of rap music that kids from my generation just really latch onto. And in my opinion, there's really no substance to it. But we'll get more into that later. Right now, I'm going to introduce my guests first. We have the marketing director of Scope Productions at the University of Iowa, Ellie Hoffmeyer. Hello, Ellie. How are you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Nice. And then we have cinema major Jacob Mayer. How you doing, Jake? I am well. Well. There we go. We're all feeling good. So, start off. Each of us are going to talk about uh, kind of our first album we ever heard as a kid. So, which one? Which one of you can start it off? You can go first. Okay, I guess I'll go first. Well. Can't, it's kind of hard for me to say like what is the exact first album, but like I definitely am like a Beatles baby, and like I came up so hard on the Beatles. Like I remember dancing to Good Day Sunshine in my driveway, um, Eleanor Rigby, like all all the classic. I think like yes. Revolver was like the album of my childhood, which is not typical, but you know I'm a I'm a Beatles girl all day long, top to bottom. <laughs> Me. Funny that you say not typical. Uh, everyone in my high school listened to the Beatles. Oh, yeah. okay. Like so, I was a, I was a total fucking freak, and uh, uh, growing up a punk, it was important that I acknowledge that I hated the Beatles. So I didn't actually even start listening to the Beatles till like three years ago. Yeah, it, it was just a stance thing. Uh, my first album was nowhere near as good. It was Weird Al Yankovic's Fat. It was an incredible album, uh, top to bottom. And, masterpiece <laughs> well jake i don't know if we can still be friends anymore because my first album i listened to was also a beatles album <laughs> i also grew up on the beatles <laughs> i remember like a receiver and a big stereo set with like you could fit six cds in at one time and i always put in it was like it's like the beatles greatest hits of their singles called beatles one yeah since i listened to it all the time as a kid now I'm pretty sure I kind of I know like every word to like all those songs, but let's talk about popular music. So my biggest beef right now with popular music is most of my friends they they only listen to rap, and I'm not talking like I like some rap. Uh, I like Vince Staples. Um, I enjoy listening to Kendrick Lamar, uh, but. There's these names that I don't even know who they are. Little Uzi, Little Uzi Vert, Little Yachty. I'm putting those T's on there. It's Lil. <laughs> it's important. <laughs> I I mean, and then, so I listen to these songs, and it they just sound the same, all of them. And I don't know, it just really pisses me off. What do you guys think? Um, Yeah, so I would, like, agree. I definitely listen to more, like, socially conscious rap. Um, and, like, I have a hard time saying, like, disavowing any certain kind of music because, 
you know, there's always people like in every generation of music that are going to say like, this is trash, like Mm -hmm. this is garbage, like whatever, like when rock and roll first started, when punk rock first started, (laughs) people are like, oh, this is, this is absolute garbage. They can't even play instruments. Um, So like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not that into like the Uzi Vert Yachty thing, but also like, I don't know. It's, I mean, it's here for the dance value. Which is, like, I don't know if that came about, like, with rave culture or, like, where that really stems from. But that's, like, obviously popular music is just almost exclusively, like, dance value. Like, you see, like, the Taylor Swift transition. Like, (laughs) uh, I don't even want to talk about Katy Perry either. Talk about a transition. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I, I don't know. Like, I'm... I'm not really down for it. Like, and for me, like popular music right now, the thing that bothers me most is the disconnect between like emotion and the music. And I think that comes to play with the dance thing. So like, I don't know, like there's a hit right now that's like, I see him with her and it's just like, the singer's just like, I see him with her, I see him with her. But you just like wanted to have like the soul, like at a gym, like <laughs> I see him with her, like anger and passion. is just like not there at all. There's no soul. So that's that's my beef. All right, I'm about to get real heavy. Okay, <laughs> so I'm a former uh, traveling musician. Uh, a lot of this stems from analog <laughs> and sw- the switch over to digital recording because now you don't have to have – you can fix anything with a computer. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Dr. Dre still records on analog, and it shows. Foo Fighters have moved back to recording on analog, and it's their albums since they moved back have – just been incredible uh pop music right now is just what pop music has always been superficial uh just to get people out there dancing having a good time and you know that's what people want they just want to have something upbeat or extremely sad nothing in between so i'm one of those people i can assume both of you are too who enjoys records and cds still just because the fact that I love listening to albums all the way through. I think that has lost so much value. Um, I think artists now, they don't necessarily put as much into it about the album. It's the hit. I mean, what do you guys think about that? That's pretty accurate. People buying Spotify, well, not even buying the premium things, but yeah, they just go in, click a single, their favorite, whatever's most popular, kind of kind of guaranteed like guaranteed delivery whereas like if you're listening to an album you know every song is is kind of a gamble with your time whether or not you like it and so as a consumer as a consumer of music it's like you're paying your respects to the artist by listening to a piece in its entirety and so yeah I feel like either people aren't giving the respect to the piece as a whole or um, the real poppy artists are only focusing their energies into like one song that they know will deliver and so you're losing the the rounded element of the album there that's very very true i basically buy albums for the whole thing mm-hmm. i'll go to goodwill and if i, <laughs> I found uh chumbawamba and i bought it because it was like a dollar <laughs> I'm like oh, i don't all i need is tub thumping whatever <laughs> but like when it comes to buying an actual album, I bought the Foo Fighters album day one, the uh, most recent one, because I'm like, 
all the songs I've heard off of it were good, and I know Dave Grohl is going to deliver. Um, a lot of it feels like there are bands that are new now that are putting out entire good albums. Yeah, but it stems a lot of it from a time like in the early to mid '90s before digital recording became pretty big in the mid '80s. But your DIY alternative groups of the early '90s, late '80s, early '90s, mid '90s, uh, grew up with a very dif- different atmosphere. So they will make albums that are good, great from top to bottom. Uh, it came out in the mi- early 2000s, but uh, OK Computer oh, is a perfect example of okay that because like, Radiohead started in, I think, 90. First album came out in 93, and they like were focused on just making all their all their albums have are just solid all the way through. Yeah. Because they, they, it's the atmosphere they grew up in. I completely agree, and <clears throat> that kind of makes me made me think about uh, when I was at Lollapalooza this past summer. I was so excited to to see one of my favorite bands, Arcade Fire. Who let's not focus on their latest album. I wasn't the biggest fan, but uh, their previous works it was okay. Yeah, I mean it had its good like the singles they released were good, but uh, I was there probably 15 minutes before Arcade Fire was coming on, and there was no one there. Literally no one. This just blew my mind. And even before that, like an hour before Arcade Fire, Arcade Fire played was The Shins. Once again, so excited to see them. I was walking from across the concert, and on the other big stage, it was packed. I couldn't even get through the, uh, the amount of people. And I was like to my friend, I'm like, who's playing here? And she's like, Big Sean. I'm like, who the fuck is Big Sean? <laughs> Why are there so many people here? He's a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Emphasis on the big. And then I walked over to the shins. No one was there. Like, I don't know where it started from, but, like, the radio, if you go to events, commercials, like, the music that is being pushed onto people is, you know, this kind of music. So I, I have a hard time, like, being like, oh, you guys' taste in music sucks just because, like, like, for example, I never liked Chance the Rapper just because, like, the, I don't know, I just, I wasn't into it. But I went to one of his shows, and it was so spiritual because, like, you could just see in everyone and, like, people who, like, I would normally, like, call basic. Yeah. Something <laughs> like that. But you could see, like, all these people just, like, you know, with their friends, like, you know they're in the car, like, singing this song together. Like, you know, this is the song of the boyfriend and the girlfriend. Like, this is their song. So it's, like, things like that. Like, a yeah. lot. sometimes it's not just about the music but about the connections that are associated with the music. Like you were saying about Chance the Rapper, not a fan, uh, not like a diehard fan. I appreciate what he's doing. It's nice. It's a little different, which is just like my biggest thing. It's like, I want something different. My favorite band right now is called The Blenders, and they are originally Iowa City natives. They live in Des Moines now, but they sound like a mix of the Ramones and the Beach Boys. So they're like really fast-paced, but they have these sick three-layer harmonies, and it's like, fuck, where's this been all my life? <laughs> How are these guys not signed yet? Which is like a legitimate question. But yeah, I like to seek out and actively listen to local. You got to support the local acts. You got It's grassroots. You got to start some. Someone's got to start somewhere. And it's nice to be part of that community, help them out. And maybe someday they'll get their time up in the light and they mm-hmm. can just make music for uh, their career. Great, great segue into nice. the local Iowa City community when it comes to music. Um, <laughs> appreciate that transition. So getting uh, local uh, bands like to sign on uh, uh, 
label deals is uh is something kind of like I feel like something scope not necessarily like they try to get the local local but they try to bring in these bands who either are just becoming like not necessarily popular but they're becoming like an act like someone that people can recognize yeah, I think uh, part of Scope's like mission statement is to do up-and-coming artists, and that's part of our personal beliefs. It's part of our budget constraints. But yeah, that is something. So like, w you'll look at a show four years ago was Chance the Rapper opening for Kendrick Lamar, yeah. like things things like that that just like blow your mind to think about now. But I mean, then I don't know. I don't know if it sold out or like what the deal was. Like, Chance was super cheap to book. So yeah, we we kind of try try to do things like that. I remember. Uh, I think it was it was years ago, probably about ten years almost. No, it wasn't that long. It was like six years ago, probably. Scope got the Roots, which is insane. Yeah, they are so good. Yeah, and pretty big. Yeah, we were actually looking through like some of the files in our office the other day, and it was just like absolutely unreal like all the people who have come through here that wouldn't have been able to would have never came through iowa city without this program yeah so. i was doing the same thing i was looking through like on your website the the acts that you brought in and i'm like oh my god i listened to so many of those bands yeah. what does that do to like get a band or someone to come and perform that the student body that like they don't necessarily i don't know i mean there there is that niche group of people that do care but then there's a lot who are like who is that? i'm not going to you know, I'm not going to listen to that. Right. Um, that's something we've actually kind of, like, been struggling with, like, um, reconciling between bringing artists that we're really proud to bring here and then, you know, kind of trying to appease the masses as well. Like, it's it's been, mm -hmm. it's, it's been a while <laughs> since we've had a country show, you know. Please don't. Please you brought, don't. <laughs> you brought in Simple Plan. Yes. You did, you did bring in Simple Plan. That was a fun show. That was a fun show. Um... But, yeah, that's, I mean, and, and something we have to think about is trying to get, like, the variety of, like, club shows, big shows, uh, different genres, and it's something we have to think really hard about, and it's really, really hard to factor that in along with budget. Are they routed? How much do they want? What's their opener? Like, um, you know, all, all these other things. What's the timing? Is it before finals? Like, so, so, so many things have to go into um, the decision of picking an artist and booking them, which shout out our talent buyer because that's an incredibly hard job. Um, so we, pretty much we just do our best. That's all we ask for. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but um, so one of my friends uh, goes to University of Illinois, and he always sends me, like, bands who come there. And I remember they had Green Day last February when they were on their Revolution radio tour. And, like, Green Day would be an awesome thing to get here, but I understand with, like, budget restraints. Mm -hmm. But he sends me these other large just acts they get. And I wonder if it's, like, because the culture of Iowa City, there is this, like, kind of hipster, pretentious, liberal culture that kind of looms around the city. Does that have something to do with I feel like that directly correlates to what music people listen to. Does that have something to do with why you Scope brings in the the acts they do? Because I feel like to be a part of Scope, not to label, you gotta be, you gotta fit that. <laughs> yeah. You gotta fit that. Uh, I mean, mu music is culture. Like yeah. music is part of culture. Like how we connect with each other. Like the music we listen to. Like that fits in. What you wear. You know, <laughs> you can kind of tell what some people are into by what they wear. It is a culture. 
Um, and I mean, but I, I just can't say like th that we are directed toward towards anything because if you look at the makeup of Scope, like the, if there are like a lot of people who are. Um, you know what people might like call like a hipster like it it, t it does tend to be like a pretty liberal crowd but like yeah. we have our diehard country fans like i'm i'm totally psych rock and like i can't stand modern baseball but you know we have people in our group who are just so into that like it is a very very eclectic mix and like that can show in who we book sometimes as far as like the discrepancy between what Illinois brings and what we bring, it's just I don't know. They're just different programs. And, yeah. Like, our missions are different, and it's something that we're constantly thinking about all the time. Like, do we want to have one huge show and a bunch of smaller shows? Like, we talk about that. So I don't know. It just depends. As someone who used to be extremely active in the music Iowa City music scene and still goes to a lot of local shows, uh, Iowa City itself has a very strong independent. Like indie vibe, indie rock, yeah. uh, have loves are a big band for that. They were they used to be the Olympics. They've been around for ever. Very very successful local group. But like uh, Iowa City used to have a thriving punk scene back in the day, which I was definitely a part of. But it's just been interesting to see how it grew away from that. How uh, like some of the people who pushed it the hardest and like supported it the most either moved away or moved to booking and then the punk bands just weren't there they'll book other bands to come in but they don't really have any local acts to support it so it's very interesting how that that transition has happened sure and like iowa city hasn't always been indie scene but uh, i was talking to my parents um and they went to school here uh, 81 to 85 and they were telling they were saying carver hawk arena used to bring in a ton of people uh like my mom went and saw stevie nicks i don't know what year it was like 83 84 she was too fucked up to even come out and perform uh which is <laughs> kind of funny classic yeah um but uh there were other bands like guns and roses was there red hot chili peppers was there u2 came and performed elton john stevie wonder more yeah. to the mix yeah so I, it's just interesting how it kind of changed over the years even though just because i'm into that old music i would love to see like i would have loved to seen those bands come play now even along those lines uh gabe's used to be like the blue basically what blue moose is now they i believe they use the same kind of booking company but back in the day gabe's had nirvana come through on their yeah. 1989 bleach tour green day came through twice i believe once with kerplunk and once with 1039 smoothed out sappy hours Slappy Hours. Black Keys uh, was there in 2004. Yep, exactly. Like, they just got all these bands, basically what Scope's doing right now, where they have these bands that were just traveling around, and then they eventually hit it off. Well, I want to thank each of you for coming on. Uh, especially thanks to Scope for not peasing to the masses of people on campus. Facebook uh, the screaming females. <laughs> we'll put it. We'll put it in the pocket. I'll, I'll, I'll send it in. I feel like you guys at some point. I know they're really they've been playing for so long, but I would love to see the shins come. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> I know yeah, totally that would require quite a bit of money, but no, it no, would no. be awesome. There, there are many, many factors. The shins are not as popular as they used to be. Kind of like Weezer, they're much yeah. easier to book now than they would have been, say, 10 years ago. Well, they're just at AB 35, though. So yeah. Like, yeah, so is Weezer, like, <laughs> a couple years ago. <laughs> I, I haven't looked into booking Weezer myself, but they're... Right. They've been playing a lot of Iowa shows, so I feel like it'd be a little easier. Guys, I'll put this in the pocket, okay? All right. We'll send them in. Much appreciated. So that wraps up this episode of Roast of Iowa City. For the final part, I get a rant about something. And I'm going to talk about the the protests during the NFL. Um, and the College Republicans recently put up a tweet where they had a article about a U.S. soldier in the Navy who stood up during the national anthem. College Republicans said, real heroes are not found kneeling on NFL playing fields. And that's just, I don't know where this, uh, during, where's patriotism in sports, where they got so conjointed. I think maybe it has something to do with after 9-11, George W. Bush throwing out the first pitch um, at Yankee Stadium. And then kind of after that, Patriotism in sports just became one thing in how you have to have, you go to any sporting event, nationally or collegiate-based, you honor someone, uh, someone in the Army or in the Marines or in the Navy, any branch, on the field, which is great. Uh, there are other ways of being a patriot in the United States than just being in the military. Um, and one of the things that really pisses me off is when people say, that they're protesting the flag and they're protesting the military. I mean, I don't... Do pe do these people even... Do they know anything? Uh, they're not protesting the flag. They're protesting... Colin Kaepernick started his protests in San Francisco. He first started sitting down, and then he talked to so to someone that was formerly in the, the Marine Corps, and he's like, hey, could you could you take a knee? We'd feel better, you know, if you did that. So he complied and he took a knee. And then he's pro not protesting the flag. He's protesting what he thinks uh, what he thinks is occurring in the country, which is police brutality and systematic racism. And he's doing it in a very peaceful way. And I don't understand how people think he's protesting the flag. Like, it's occurring during the national anthem, but he's not protesting the flag. I don't. People need to get at. The National Anthem is just a platform for him to protest. It's not actually what he's protesting. This is a topic that I could talk a lot about, but to wrap it up, protests are not against the National Anthem. Just using it as a platform. Everyone calling their shit. The NFL will survive. Don't you dare boycott it. Thank you. Have a great day. <laughs>